When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. God bless you guys. God bless the world, buddy. Let's go race. This is the Loud Pedal Podcast. A very diverse cast of automobile racing characters. With your host, NBC Sports Television Analyst and part-time midget racer, it's D. Welch and Mr. Dylan Welch. Yeah, you damn right I got that out there. Oh, that stupid-ass flagman. They got a dumb-ass flagman that can't see. And an expert in only one category, food. Yeah. Look how big those things are. Little meat on the bone there. And cook perfect. Well, sometimes racing, but mostly food. When you're talking a, a meal, like people I'm about to die, I will ask for 15 to 20 chicken wings. It's heavy lunch, Tyler Burnett. (laughs) 
It's episode 102 of the Loud Pedal Podcast on Flow Racing, and we are celebrating big this week because D. Welch is getting married. He is about to become a hitched after uh, you know a chili bowl that didn't go his way. Let's put it that way. Uh, I did. I did, however, love the 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 assholes thing on on the on the broadcast. <laughs> what did you What did you call them Saturday? A couple of Saturday assholes or something? Yeah, I don't even know. I probably. <laughs> probably shouldn't have but uh, i was tired of getting run out tired of getting run over it felt like felt like all all i did this week was or last week was get a packed and spun out so i was uh i was at my wits end don't regret it people love the fact that you speak your mind and you know when you're in the heat of the moment that's why like damian gardner and those guys are so they're so legends because yeah you gotta speak your mind but uh, yeah, that was the B main or the B main on your prelim night. That was heartbreaking because you guys were fast enough to put it in a show. Yeah, I mean, I think we were we were fast enough to be a, you know, I mean, we were I think we were fast enough to be a Saturday eight car. I don't know that we would have obviously gotten there, but we were definitely fast enough to be, um, you know, in the Saturday night show. Our teammate was, you know, Daniel Whitley. Um, so I know we were good enough. Just kind of had had a bad run of Chili Bowl luck there. So that's uh, that's how it goes some years, I guess. Yeah, that'll happen. Uh, Alex Bowman Racing had uh, a bad case yeah. of uh, Chili Bowl luck this year as well. Um, he, he's selling T-shirts already. What is it like? He's a, always always a businessman. Being bent or whatever? Yeah, bent, but okay. <laughs> yeah, that was – let's just put it this way. This Chili Bowl was interesting this year with, with some of the things that happened. You know, the one night was just – obviously, it's a miracle now uh, about what happened, but – you know, Ashton Torgensen came out of his race car uh, while flipping down the backstretch, 16-year-old. It was a scary, scary night. I've, I've never felt the way at a racetrack before. Uh, maybe like Newman at the 500. It was a similar feeling, you know, because we had no idea. Uh, we all flew home. and But, yeah, that was that was great to see him come back in the press conference and be able to chat with us and stuff like that. That was – we had that. And then, then the next night, you know, Thorson wins, and it's like, good. It's just, you know, we had a night of normalcy, you know, like – yeah <laughs> we just needed a normal night yeah yeah wednesday was a lot you know there was uh there was some other stuff going on too um back kind of by where we were sitting actually that was uh just a lot to process and um you know obviously the the safety crew and everybody there at the expo um cannot get enough praise you know and everybody is everybody has has given them their uh their due but you know, they should continue to do so because uh, they did what they're trained to do in a, in a situation that hopefully we never have to see again and, and never have to go through again. But yeah, it was uh, an act of God for sure that he was there uh, on his own two feet on, on Saturday and, and, you know, in there speaking with everybody it was amazing. Yeah. The officials just outstanding. There, some, you know, those people are just amazing. You know, between gathering prayer circles for photographers who just saw something that shouldn't, you know, have never seen before. You know, videographers stuff like that. Crew members, you know, gathering them and praying. Like, yeah, it was it was a good. You know, it was what turned out to be a bad night. Um, you know, you you left there feeling you know good with with the prayers and stuff like that and hearing about what happened and, um, you know, he was communicating and then we slowly found out that his you know he passed his neck scan and his back scans and he was feeling his feet and his hands and so everyone was doing a little bit better uh, by the morning but yeah all right let's get into our sun dollar restoration hat shakes of the week brought to you by sun dollar restoration um zeb put the car on the show you know yep. the old sun dollar mobile with uh was it kevin rudine they, they brought the midget out there and uh 
He had a good prelim night. I think he finished fourth in his prelim and then locked in through the B and he was in the A and got some good laps. Uh, he's he's pretty good at the Chili Bowl the past couple of years, making the show yeah. twice. Yeah, he's he's been really good. Uh, you know, different different teams. Um, I think right. He didn't did he or did he run for a Dean last year? No, he ran for Matt Wood last year. So, uh, yeah, so impressive from Zab. He, um, I think he's he's close. You know, he's close to being a being a threat for sure. If he can just put Saturday together, I think he'll be right there. Yeah. Um, let's get into our half shake. So Larson didn't win a single race in Vado. Congratulations <laughs> for uh, going out there and not winning a single race, buddy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, he knows I got to give him a hard time. He's always giving me a hard time. Uh, yeah, I think he almost won. He almost beat Marler one of the nights. He was second. And then uh, I think he was second or third the final night too. But Davenport uh, won the points title out there. Um, so congratulations. Hat shake to everyone who beat Larson um, at Vado. Uh, no, my hat shake is going to go to Shane Golovic. Uh, what a performance by, by him. He, he puts all those cars together for Matt Wood racing. You know, he races a sprint car and is very good out West in a sprint car, uh, but doesn't get a lot of midget starts during the year. And there was, a, at one point I was looking there, I was like, man, he might win this thing. Uh, and, and, you know, locked it in through his prelim. That was a good performance by Shane Golovic and those boys, uh, after a couple of bad luck years for Matt Wood racing. Yeah, he's always there in that building. He's always a threat, um, whether it's the prelim or Saturday. He just gets around there good. And yeah, I think, like you said, his, his off-track stuff, just how he he runs that operation, basically, and every one of their cars is always fast. So uh, always been impressed with him. Um, I've got hats flying everywhere. I feel like I need to give one to Hank <laughs> Davis. I need to give one to Jade Avedisian. I need to yeah. you know give one to CV just for his run on Saturday. But um, I'm going to give one to Rico just because of, of what you mentioned with everything that happened with Ashton um, and just how he how he carried himself in victory lane that night. And then, um, you know, he he went to the hospital and so did Kevin Thomas Jr. So he should he should probably be included in that, too. Um, both of those guys just are stand up guys. Um, you know, most of us knew that already, but um, I think, you know they did it for the right reasons, not for the publicity or for the accolades, but because that was just kind of the people they are. So, um, you know, thought that was really, really needed those guys to do that. And, and, um, you know, it was just, just really cool. So I, they, des- they deserve, they don't, they don't want the praise, but they deserve it for sure. They all do, including the officials too. All the, all the yep. expo officials, everyone who, um, you know, was had a hand in uh, helping Ashton that night. Uh, you guys get all get a hat shake for sure. Hats flying everywhere this week. All right, episode 102, Logan Seavey's next, the Chili Bowl champion. This has been the Loud Pedal Podcast. Thanks to our friends at Sundollar for everything. And uh, also, Dirt Draft. Play it. Dirtdraft.com. Speed Weeks is coming up. We're running out of time. We did not pay for the Zoom. Uh, good night. And here's, an, here's Logan Seavey's interview next. Without a doubt, the most dominant, anticipated dirt racing event in the history of motorsports. 8500, Daytona 500, Eldora Million. The next millionaire is Jonathan Davenport. But this night, something special happened. that ever so often we have to give it a real boost.
continue to, to carry Earl's vision and, and his uh, history of creating big events. I mean, we've, we've got some stuff up our sleeve that uh, I don't think will shock anybody when we announce it. Welcome back to the Loud Pedal Podcast on Flow Racing. As promised, the champ, Logan Seavey, in the house, fresh off of a Chili Bowl win. We were just chatting, uh, you know, that was a late race, bud, and then you guys had to go party after that. I mean, it probably turned into a pretty late night, but you might I don't know. if you guys call it early? Uh, no, I mean, we, we left the EXO probably a little after 5 in the morning. But, uh, but yeah, by the time I got done with press and all that, you know, it was after 2, and um, that's kind of when I met you and – uh, you know, threw the mic on and, and headed back to the pits and, and, uh, you know, that's when it all started. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, by the time, like I said, by the time I got back there and, and, um, you know, kind of talked to everybody and got changed and, um, you know, we hung out for a little bit, but, but, uh, but yeah, it was, it was, uh, definitely, definitely time to go home at that point. And, uh, I'm sure we'll have some celebrations here in the next uh, week or two. So the story about your first chili bowl was kind of circulating, um throughout the weekend and i just saw on facebook that jeff young posted a video about um about that day so for people that don't know the story explain that for like the very first chili bowl when you got the call to come i guess what practice their car on on sunday or on monday or, or whenever practice was back then tell that story yeah, so I was I was just there watching uh, watching my brother actually he was racing and uh, I was just there watching him and um, through our factor and all this I'd become friends with um, you know Christopher Bell and Aaron Reitzel and all these guys and and Reitzel was racing Jeff's car and uh, it didn't run for his practice or for his uh, for his qualifying day it didn't fire for hot laps or broken hot laps or something and uh, he didn't run his heat and all this so he basically scratched and. Um, you know, they were trying to put somebody else in the car for another qualifying night. And uh, between Christopher and Aaron, uh, they called me to do it. And uh, luckily, I had my stuff there, and I was ready to go. And um, we found a seat to put in it. We threw a seat in that morning, and, and then I went and hot-lapped the car on a practice – or on a preliminary night. I was going to run a prelim night. I drew in. Um, I was on the front row outside of my heat race. And um, and then the Chili Bowl uh, – just basically said I couldn't race because the car had already drawn in and all that stuff, which I guess they're allowing it now. I don't know. Evidently. Um, I've seen a few people do it this year, actually. Uh, Ted got kicked out and somebody raced his car. So, um, so I guess they're allowing it now, but whatever, that's, doesn't really matter at this point, but, but yeah, I was um, just there watching and, and uh, right. So stuff didn't run and they fixed it and, and they let me drive it at least. And I got, you know, five or six laps and, and that kind of turned into a, a full-time midget deal the, the following year, not that exact year, but um, this was 2016. And uh, yeah, actually the morning, um, Saturday morning before the, before the feature this, this year, I got, um, a notification. It was, my, you know, seven years since the day that I first drove a midget. So, um, that was pretty cool. And, you know, we talked, me and Jeff talked about it a little bit, but, um, but yeah, it was pretty cool. little, um, you know, memory there. Also, uh, your first midget win came with Flea Ruzik and he came back to the pit area after the race and you cut his hair. Um, tell us that story because there's a story to that, a backstory to that as well yeah yeah so when i this was that that following year 2017 uh, i went to race with flea and um you know the browns and all them guys and um 
yeah, Flea's hair was getting long, and he said he wasn't cutting it until we won, and it was um, it was early June, so it had been a long time, and his hair was really long, and um, it was early June when I finally won a race for him and uh, cut his hair there with a pair of scissors in the pits, and um, yeah, he says it. He says it looks really bad. He's got all these pictures, but I don't know. I think I think uh, I don't know what he did. He must have bossed it up at home that night or something. But um, I don't think it looked as bad as the picture they showed. But yeah, that's that's kind of the story. Was they basically said uh, he was, and we all just thought that he was just going to go get a haircut the next day. I didn't think he was going to bring scissors into the pits and and let me cut it right there. <laughs> I, I was gonna. I told him, Dylan, they should give him a bowl cut. Like put a, bowl, put a bowl on top of there i know the first cut you gave him was like a mullet like right like you like took off the sideburns right here and you have like long hair in the back this one it looked like you just kind of like chopped up the front and they didn't give you very good scissors this time yeah the first one i think i got pretty aggressive with it this time the scissors were barely were barely cutting his hair and i felt bad i'm sure it was pulling all of his hair out instead of cutting it so uh yeah i just kind of trimmed the front up a little bit shortened it up kept it out of his eyes but um but yeah i just real i took it easy on him this time so has it set in yet? We're what is today? Tuesday. We're three days removed from from all of that. Has has uh, I'm sure the texts and stuff haven't stopped. But I mean, has it set in yet that you're a chili bowl winner? Uh, I think it's finally you know starting to. It's pretty pretty crazy. You know, um, obviously a race of, of that caliber. Just uh, you really never know if you're gonna even get a shot to win it, let alone to actually you know put the whole week together and put the whole 55 laps together. It's, it's pretty wild and um yeah like i said i know uh doing it for kevin's really cool really um just enjoy racing for him but um yeah it just makes it that much more impressive that he you know was able to go back three more times and and keep winning so um yeah we're just gonna you know obviously um like i said it's still kind of sitting in and um we're gonna have some celebrations this week and i'm sure it'll kind of all settle in after that but um but yeah i'm just uh already looking forward to going back and trying again I was trying to think about some of your biggest wins. I couldn't remember if you wanted Eldora. I know you um, have some really big wins throughout Indiana and, and, you know, the Silver Crown Series. But before this, what was your biggest win? Um, probably for me, Turkey Night. Um, yeah, Turkey Night's a, a really big one, um, you know, for me. And it was kind of the same same way, right? The team I was racing for with uh, Jerome and Tom, that was kind of their chili bowl, right? They grew up all California guys. I'm obviously a California guy, so um, – that was their chili bowl for them, you know, growing up, that was their biggest race. And that was the one uh, they wanted to win. And so that was really special for me to win that for them. And then, you know, kind of going to the chili bowl, obviously that's, um, you know, one of Kevin's biggest races and that's the one he wants to win. So um, yeah, just really cool that I've got to win those two big races for uh, the people that I, you know, would have loved to win them for and uh, the people that appreciate it the most. Kevin obviously went out on his own this year and, and built this car and, and from, the sounds of it, like from his Twitter thread and stuff he was posting yesterday, he sounds like he was pretty meticulous and in particular and how he built it and how he wanted it built. Um, but did you, did you realistically expect that you guys were going to have the week you had just given the fact that it was, you know, a brand new car and it was the first, you know, the first time that, um, you know, he was kind of doing it on his own. Yeah. I don't know if anybody expected it to go as good as it did. Um, you know, Kevin had to get a lot of help from a lot of people just to, just to put it together. You know, it's, um, they're a lot different than sprint cars and 
uh, they just don't to get, go together really as easily or as, as cleanly as front cars do. And, um, yeah, I know he didn't really have any notes. He was just kind of, you know, getting a few, um, you know, pointed from people and just kind of going off his own ideas of, of what would work. And yeah, I don't think any of us knew when we first got on track uh, Sunday, if it was going to be, you know, great or if it was going to spin out or flip over backwards. I don't think any of us knew what it was going to do and, and it drove around there pretty good, obviously. And, um, and yeah, like I said, I don't think any of us had um, doubts that we could win, but we also um, didn't really have a clue what, what we were getting ourselves into and, until we got on track. So, um, yeah, we always go there to win the race, obviously. And, um, you know, I felt as confident as I ever did even going in. But then once I made some laps in the car, I, um, you know, we kind of came in and we just knew right away that, um, you know, we had a really good shot. Kevin, when I talked to him after the race, said um, overnight he pretty much changed everything after practice, right? And then he said after the race of champions, he just let it sit the rest of the week. So whatever he changed, he nailed it uh, overnight That after that first practice. Yeah, yeah. We made a few changes in between practices, and actually I think um, we got a little worse, and that probably – was helpful for us to know the direction we needed to go and, and the changes we needed to make. But, but yeah, overall, like it was a big change as, you know, Sunday night, Monday morning, or, you know, before our prelim night, obviously we had all week, but, um, or before, no, I guess, I guess before the race of champions, it was a big change. And, um, and obviously what he did worked and, uh, yeah, it was, you know, completely, uh, changing the rear end and, you know, how it works and, um, and yeah, obviously what, like I said, what he did worked and we went out for the race of champions qualifying and instantly we, you know, first lap, I think we were second or third quick right away. So, um, yeah, I mean, we just had, you know, kind of effortless speed right off the bat, you know, those first, that first lap in qualifying, I'm kind of just getting up the speed and feeling my car out and for it to be, you know, second quick is, is pretty unreal. I thought it was interesting watching you in the feature on Saturday because, like comparing you and Thorson, like Tanner was, was kind of like, it looked like it was kind of starting to take rubber, but then it like wouldn't because you were still good on the top. And I know you probably saw him down there, you know, a time or two. So take us inside your head kind of in the, the middle to closing three quarter stages of that race when you could see those guys down there, but you were still committed to kind of running the top and, and making it work and just how difficult that was. Yeah, so I think um, those few laps where Cannon passed me, I, I kind of, that was where I finally kind of settled in and found where I needed to be. You know, early I was kind of, you know, beginning of the race, you just run the bottom until until that goes away. And um, I was able to kind of hear Cannon, see a little bit on the screen that he had moved up. And I moved up and I'd moved up too high. And then he kind of went by me right to the middle. Um, and then that's kind of where I was able to settle down and, you know, think about what I needed and, and see what he was doing and, and try some different things. And I was kind of able to run, you know, right through the middle there for a few laps and get to him. And then, and then, um, and then I found the top in three and four. And that was kind of, that was kind of the turning point for me is as soon as the top in three and four came in, my car was making really good speed. And, um, and then, yeah, I went by him, obviously Tanner went by him with me. And then, um, you know, there was five or six laps. I feel like I got away a little bit and was able to, you know, keep my keep my line running well and just keep speed you know right to the middle and one and two and um i think a lot of people were struggling off too early when i was running the middle i felt better um and then yeah top and three and four and i did that for for a long time and um yeah i started to see a nose off of four and then at that point you know i was kind of peeking at the screen and i could see he was on the barman one and two and um 
I kind of stayed my line there for a few more laps and started to smell rubber, gave up on the middle and one and two, moved to the bottom. Um, didn't feel good down there at all. There was not rubber yet, but I knew it was coming and I knew that's where he was. So I stayed down there just hoping that it would come in quicker. Um, didn't really want to give up on the top of three and four at all because I felt so good up there. And every time off of four, I could peek at the screen and see that I had a, you know, would gap him a few car lanes down the straightaway. He'd get next to me, maybe in the center. Um, but then I'd get away from him down the straightaway. And I felt good about that for, for a long time. And um, <clears throat> then later in the race, it was like every time I seen him, I'd see more of his car and more of his car. And um, I knew it was coming quick and I knew that the cushion was getting tricky. Um, to run the cushion, I had to have my car super loose. I had to, you know, I wasn't really changing my shocks much just because it was so big and I didn't want to make any mistakes. Um, I knew the second I made a mistake, um, you know, that's that's the, that's the, how I lose the Chili Bowl. Right? So you make one mistake, you lose the race. And um, Tanner was right there to, to take, it, take it. So, um, yeah, I didn't touch my shocks really much most of the race. And then the lap that I knew I was giving up on it, I think going down straight away, I grabbed like three handful of shock. <laughs> Um, yeah, cause I knew I was getting to the bottom and, um, then instantly it was locked down rubber and, um, and I, you know, just got down in time. I actually thought it was a little more rubber when I went down. I missed it pretty bad and Tanner got all the way next to me. And, um, and luckily I was able to, you know, just, just get in front of him enough getting off four. So, um, yeah, there was, there was a lot to it and uh, a lot going on in my head. Just when I'd first given up on the middle to top, um, that's when Cannon kind of got circling around and, um, you know, all four of us are right there and, and a yellow came out and I was, um, able to make a few small adjustments and, and then kind of get back up to the top. But, but yeah, overall, um, it was a race full of, um, not knowing where I needed to be, not having a clue if I was in the right spot. Um, a few times under caution, uh, Colton Hardy would kind of, you know, let me know what I was doing was right. And, um, but yeah, I know I, I wanted to get out there and, and drive away from them guys. And, and they kind of pushed me around all race. So it was pretty, pretty uh, nerve wracking. But um, but yeah, we were just good enough to you know stay out front and, and get it done. If I ever won this race, which I never you know would, but like I would have watched this replay probably 15 times to see, you know, uh, I don't know how many times you've watched it, but. But that that late or late caution, right, where Tanner has a pretty good run on you. Like, do you feel like he got a, a break there? Now looking back at the replay, I mean, because he had it. I mean, he was coming, but I don't think he would have moved you. I think he still probably would have won it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think it. I don't think it changes the outcome. Um, yeah, I think Tanner did everything he could. I think in the rubber, he was a lot better. I think leading up to the rubber, we were almost completely even. You know, I I, I, would, I haven't looked yet, but I'd imagine if you go back and look at our, our lap times from lap 35 to 45, they're within a tenth or two each of each other every lap, and the gap really didn't change a whole lot until, um, until the rubber was starting to come in. And, um, yeah, he's just really good at – making grip on the bottom when nobody else can or making grip in the middle when nobody else can. And, um, you know, he said he had his car really tight and I think we were kind of the opposite. We had our car a little bit on the free side, expecting, expecting to run a big cushion and, um, you know, it was there in three and four, but one and two was, uh, obviously never really went up there. So, um, yeah, overall, I don't think that caution really changed much of the outcome. Um, maybe gave a little bit of, um, suspense for the fans or whatever, but, uh, but yeah, I don't think, I don't think that caution in particular uh, changed too much. How do you calm yourself down and kind of reset in that instance, though? Like, you're literally, what, 250 feet away from winning the Chili Bowl, right? And a yellow comes out. So how do you 
what conversation or did you have a conversation with yourself there to kind of just make sure you, you did everything right? Um, a little bit. Yeah. I, I was honestly probably more calm than, than most or mo- more calm than most people think I am. I, you know, my brother asked me the same thing. He's like, man, what, uh, what were you thinking there on that last yellow and all this? And, um, it's easy to be calm, honestly, when it's forever, right? Like, you know, as long as, as long as you don't make a huge mistake or, um, you know, you don't get taken out, um, it's hard to change the outcome of rubber. And, um, yeah, actually, even though I was already a little bit free on the bottom, I actually just freed myself up even more trying to, you know, make sure I didn't hurt my tire or make sure I didn't get tight in the rubber. It's so easy to get tight in the rubber, you know that. And, uh, yeah, just make sure I kept my car freed up and, you know, turning around the bottom was really all I did. And, um, other than that, the only concern is, is blowing your tire or getting a flat or something breaking, right? All those scenarios run through your head. But as far as running the race and, and leading, you know, those last two laps, I was, I was never too worried about that. Um, like I said, rubber's fairly, you know, easy to hit. Anybody that's good enough to make that feature is good enough to, you know, hit the rubber for two laps and, and win the race. But, um, but yeah, I mean, outside of that, really just, you know, making sure my tires, um, you know, keep a little heat in it to keep some air in it. Um, once they go, once they go low, it's easy to go low. And they're, you know, if you have a long caution after rubber, it's easy to lose a lot of air pressure. And then, uh, and then that's kind of when they blow really quick. So I was kind of keeping my tire spun up a little bit and, you know, just taking a little bit more weight off that rubber tire and, uh, keeping my car turning. Kevin's a pretty serious guy. I'm, I'm not even sure he cracked a smile after he won the shootout this year. Um, you know, I did see him smile after this one. Uh, was that the first time you ever saw him smile? <laughs> um, a smile like that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've seen him, um, that first year we ran, we ran fourth. Um, he was pretty happy with that, but, but yeah, I've never, um, yeah, like you said, he doesn't show too much emotion and, um, we saw quite a bit out of him there Saturday night. So, uh, that was really cool. And I knew how much this race mean to him, but, uh, to see, you know, him smiling all night was, was pretty cool. And I'm sure he's still smiling. So did I see now that you are going to get to run their sprint car a couple times this year? Is that, is that the preliminary plan or, or what, uh, what else do you get besides the driller here out of this, out of this win? Yeah, I guess I didn't, I didn't really get a, a number of races, but yeah, we were eating uh cheesecake factory, like Jordan street says. And, um, she said, if we want a driller this year, I get to run the wing car. And, um, uh, yeah, like I said, we didn't agree on a number of races or where we we're going or, um, what we were racing or whatever, but, but yeah, at some point I'm sure we'll figure out a race to go, uh, to go hit. And, um, Amy did yell a million, so we'll see what happens there. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what their plans is or how much they're racing or, or whatnot. I know, um, I'm sure they'll try to bring Justin Sanders back out. He obviously did a great job and, uh, you know, I hope he gets to come back out and race cause I think he deserves it. But yeah, at some point I'm sure we'll find a, we'll find a wing race to throw me in and, and, uh, get a few more races under my belt. Cause I just don't get to race them enough. You know, obviously I did Eldora last year, but other than that, uh, it's been years since I even drove a wing car. So, um, yeah, hopefully we'll go somewhere that it's, you know, suiting for me and fits me and, um, I can get some more experience. Yeah, you, you look really good at Eldora. That was a great car that you were in, too. Sam has some good equipment. Um, you know, you, you mentioned after the win that you have, of course, you still have your full Silver Crown schedule next year, uh, but you th- said you thought you had a midget ride lined up, so obviously you have to work your wing schedule with these guys out with those races in between, so that will probably give some openings for Sanders and other guys. But, um, yeah, that would be such a great pairing for you guys to be able to go wing racing together and give you a good shot to be in a top-flight equipment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and that's kind of – 
that's kind of what it takes for you know a guy like me with no experience is to find a obviously a car that's fast right away and um that's the hardest part right like why there's lots of good wing cars out there and there's lots of good wing drivers why, why would they hire me so um so it's just a tricky you know world to tread in and um yeah luckily last year um you know sam and kevin and mike uh, believed in me enough to put me in that car for eldora and um you know it looked like it was going good early in both nights but uh, i struggled a little bit in the feature which is kind of what i expected and kind of even what i told them going in was um you know i didn't think i'd have any problems you know holding it straight and going around there by myself um obviously didn't think i'd go you know as well as we did and uh you know winning both of our heat races and making both the dash that was really cool i didn't i didn't really expect it to go that well but um i figured i'd be at least in the hunt early in the night and then once you really kind of had to race and and move your car around uh and dirty air and all that stuff i i knew i would struggle a little bit and and uh that's exactly what happened so um kind of went about as well as it could have for me but exactly kind of how i expected it to where i kind of um looked like a hero early in the night but then but then um then struggled late and uh yeah obviously it's not not even possible for me without being in such a good race car it's um got so much speed and um yeah their car was unbelievable unbelievably fast that weekend what's been the coolest part of uh of what's happened since saturday night like who who's maybe the the guy that you reached out to you that you didn't expect to hear from or something like that. Like what have you, what have you enjoyed the most about the last few days? Um, honestly, the coolest part for me is seeing like the people from back home or, you know, the kids I went to high school with and all that stuff. Like, um, they still watch my races and, um, they still pay attention to what I do. And, and that's really cool for me. And, um, there's lots, I mean, hundreds, obviously hundreds and hundreds of people have reached out and, um, you know, they all are special to me and they all mean a lot. So I appreciate everybody that did reach out and I'm still kind of trying to get through them all. I don't even know how many I've still got to go through, but it seems like that's all I've been doing is, um, you know, just talking to people and um they just obviously are just super excited for me and i'm just uh super thankful to have that many people that are you know obviously supporting me and following me and um yeah one of the cooler ones is this guy right here he uh he watches a little bit on flow and i know he's a big tanner thorson fan but uh he was excited when i won too so that's really cool explain <laughs> the sutter cut explain what that is yeah so a lot of people don't understand it obviously for good reason right why would they but um yeah the setter cut is just like a tradition i guess in setter um growing up uh, it kind of it started a, a long time ago actually but growing up a lot of my friends and people in high school and all this uh kind of brought it back and uh it's just basically like a like a wave or like a you know it's just it's nothing like super special but it's just like a it's like a wave basically or like you know a way to identify that uh you're from setter and people know you and um yeah i don't know it's like a you know people call it a gang sign but um but uh but yeah i guess it is a gang sign <laughs> sutter sutter california right um <laughs> you know that was how how meaningful was it and we'll let you get out of here i know where you, you got no, stuff to do but um how meaningful was it you know they had a rebranding you know swindell speed lab you know with with the new uh victory fuel and all that and and just you know they delivered on at both the shootout and the chili bowl you know releasing this you know this product that's that's a big deal yeah i think it was a big um a big stretch and a big reach to do something so different you know like start up their own 
drink and um you know i'm sure financially it was a, a huge investment and um and then to come out and yeah like you said win the shootout and launch it at the shootout and um super popular there obviously lots of lots of kids running around drinking them and and then to bring it to the chili bowl with our full car um you know wrapped up with it and um obviously to have the week we did there and to sell an unbelievable amount of amount of victory fuel between the pits and and their merch trailer you know i think overall i think they were super happy with how it went obviously we um you know winning obviously helps and getting all the eyes on it obviously helps but um but yeah i feel like anything that they you know venture into they seem to you know have the right ideas and their creativity is you know unmatched it just seems like like I said anything they kind of venture into it seems seems to be a home run and um kevin's obviously really good at um that sort of thing and um you know obviously it's not uh doesn't help doesn't hurt to have jordan and dylan right there with you um but but yeah they just seem like anything they do they, they hit a home run and uh, i think victory fuel uh, was a home run this this last few weeks congrats on the win um kevin has five drillers now you have one so you'll have to go get some more i mean it seems like in this building we see uh you know well at least the swindells they like to repeat a couple times so maybe maybe you can win it again next year yeah yeah like you said it seems to to go in streaks and and jordan said i'd be able to jordan said she'd let me win five if, if we got to that point <laughs> i don't know i think I, I how, think how I, nice of her i know i think if i hit four i'm retiring so <laughs> <laughs> all right bud thanks for coming on the show yeah, yeah no worries thanks guys